To the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. I'm Thanks, Rod. And uh, yeah, no worries, mate. And um, you want to introduce yourself there? Or? <laughs> yes, I am the Oracle, Frank. Glad to be here, no, fellas. Not. You, you are uh, impersonating, falsely impersonating. No, that's true. No, no, I don't have the, that really low, sexy bass in my voice like the, like the Oracle does. Uh, I am Matt. And uh, I should. Uh, you are Matt. The Surgeon General's warning. I don't really know that much about basketball, but I'm going to talk about it for the next 30 minutes. So there yeah, you go. Let's, let's see what we can come up with. And uh, on the other side there, Frank, aka the Oracle. How you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Just fucking living it up, watching the games, reading the shit, talking shit to you guys. Yeah. Life is good. There's that and- voice. There's that Oracle voice that we know and love. How's the dog going? Oh, man. Tell you what, you fucking. He farts like a champion. <laughs> It's fucking bad, man. Dog farts, yeah. Yeah. You'd think it'd be worse for dogs because they can smell so good. Well, there's a point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like a thousand times more pungent. Aren't they more put off by by himself? They just don't care. They just suck it up and go, hmm. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. Dog anus. I mean, it's like, you know, when you fart yourself, you go, you know, that you can put up with it, but when someone else smells it, you know, then it's all, you know, hell breaks loose and... You can blame it on the dog, though, right, Oracle? You know, when you drop one, you can now go, dog. Sorry, that's not me. <laughs> that's it. It's just one, it's dog. a one word. It's just, you can just say one word and you get yeah. full deniability, full... Yeah, man, it's like an ejector seat. You fucking just escape any situation to say dog. I don't even have to say that. I'll just point at it. <laughs> where where did all these hookers and cocaine come from? Dog. <laughs> you know who else, Steve? Can we talk about basketball? Yeah, we'll talk about basketball now. NBA. I was just going to say, you know who else? You know who else stinks? The Lakers. They stink. The Grizzlies come up and beat them the other day, which was pretty impressive. They were without Dylan Brooks, without Ja Moran, of course. And one of the standouts just happened to be Desmond. Bang. <laughs> Bang. But he, he's had a great step up year, hasn't he? He, he is, he is uh, really sort of taking it to the next level. Bang has done that. He's he's really done a, a, a great job. I've heard him compared to Jimmy Butler. Yeah? Okay, uh, yeah. A better shooter probably, right? Well, J- Butler wasn't a good – I mean, he's, he's still not a great shooter from three, but he definitely developed jump shot. Yeah, level up in the league, and Bain looks good, man. He, his jump shot looks good. Uh, he's he's a tough guy, good, def, good, def, great defender, actually. Yeah, uh, he did a lot of the work on LeBron in the final quarter of that game, and Grizzlies got up over him, man. The Lakers looked like they were going to do it, like they were starting to put LeBron's putting the foot down. Davis did a post move. You think, oh, they they're going to get on top of him here, and then they just go away from that, and they just all seem to relax, and they're still ten points down. ESPN had a. Uh these stupid stats come up. The Lakers at the moment, the average speed on court is the slowest. Their percentage in time of walking up and down the court is the highest at 68%. And the miles per game is 9.3, which is second fewest, which shows that I don't know if it's an age thing or not, but they're just not really, really pushing the ball, really pushing the offense. It's style and age. I think it's a combination of the style, the style that they're playing and the fact that they're all, you know, 
old geezers, basically. Yeah, they're all old geezers playing a whack style, and they got a whack coach. I mean, Vogel's no master yeah. strategist or anything. I liked he he was he coached um Indiana, Indiana for ages, and did a really good job there. Yeah, and yeah, man, I, I, I just don't know if he's really done a good job at all. Like, I don't even know though he's, he's won a, a championship, right? He's the sort of coach LeBron wants because he can get his own way easy enough. But I think for their purposes now, the Lakers need someone who's going to tell dudes off, tell dudes to pull their heads in, you know, because half the time they're, they're coasting. Davis does what? One to two post moves a game. And he just totally beats a defender. But you don't see him do it. He's just settling for that mid-range shot that doesn't go in or hasn't been going in basically all season. Yeah. Charles Barkley said, you know, he's basically the main reason why they're, they're playing so shit. Is he's basically told Anthony Davis to pull his finger out of his ass and fucking get shit done. Well, that's it. He's not getting it done. They're still getting beaten. The Lakers, I think they did get a win. Yeah, they beat Oklahoma today. Today against OKC. Had they lost that and gone zero and three against OKC this year? <laughs> yeah. There could have been trouble in uh, La La Land. Well, there's, I mean, they're already saying that, uh, you know, if things don't improve soon, that uh, Vogel will be gone before the All Star break. But as we've just said, it's sort of like he's probably a decent enough coach. That'd just be an easy scapegoat for him, wouldn't it? To say, oh, we're not playing well, so fire the coach, get someone else in, rather than make dudes on the team accountable. That's always been the case for team sports, though. It's always the coach gets looked at first before anyone else. Especially yeah. in basketball. Especially in basketball. I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily so fair. I mean... It's not. It's not Well, fair. it's also tough to know, like, what he's saying to them and whether they're doing that out there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, LeBron... not their attention just, or not. Yeah, yeah. like, LeBron could just go out there and be cool and audible, man. Or something like that. But uh, Davis definitely does, has not looked interested. And in LeBron's most successful phase of his career, like in Miami, he had a strong coach. There was a strong system and the players fit into a system. Like in LA, they've got players who they're trying to build a system around. I don't think a good recipe for success. I think you've got to have a, a they have the players fit into a system. Miami play hard, right? That's their MO. They've always played hard. Yeah. Played solid on the defensive end of the court. It's the Pat Riley style of basketball, keeping the level of intensity up and that sort of thing. Compare that to what you have in Los Angeles. They don't have that. They don't have a culture where guys no. give 100% a night. You constantly see them coasting through games. Davis especially. He's coasting. Yeah. He's the one who needs to be showing the intensity out there and leading the way for all those peripheral guys to get their heads in the game and to give 100% every time they play, and they just don't do it. It's like they don't have an identity to the team at the moment. They don't know. Lost. Yeah. Frank, I was just going to say the exact same thing. Like With the Heat, you know what you're going to get. You know what they're good at every single game. With the Lakers, you don't know what you're going to get and you don't know what they're really good at. If you saw the game at all, the Milwaukee that Miami played, that was the epitome of how that team plays. Didn't have a guy over over 6'5 out there for half the time. And you've got a guy like PJ Tucker who's putting his hand up and saying, I'll take Giannis, I'll take him, everyone else. Stay with their man. I've got him. That was maybe the best game, like most entertaining game of the season. It really was like two teams, highly competitive teams, good at both ends of the floor, who were going at it and the sort of underdog got up. It was kind of almost Miami's 
G League team. Beat yeah, them. I didn't know. I didn't know half the dudes out there. I knew Caleb Martin, of course. Yeah, I knew Struess. I'd seen Struess was sort of a, on the fringe of the rotation this season, but he got a lot of minutes and played real big. That was and the team rebounding. Like you see a lot of like a lot of teams, heaps of teams. Almost every team at some stage goes to small ball where they do have like no center. Their rebounding immediately goes to shit. But with Miami. Not in Miami. They Not in Miami, yeah, yeah. They need a rebound, even though they've got undersized guys there playing out of position, or seems like. Yeah. They still rebound, and they keep it intense. They, their intensity level doesn't drop off. You don't see them coasting through the game. They're constantly switched on, looking for every advantage. Do you notice this, frankly, if you see a heavy contrast for me when you watch a team like Los Angeles or e- even the Warriors to some extent, even though they're, they're winning a lot more, obviously, than... Los Angeles, but they turn the ball over a lot. They get a bit complacent with how they're playing, the Warriors, that is. But, you know, they're good enough on the other Had an end. easy schedule too, the Warriors, I reckon. Oh, they, they've had a bit of a gifted schedule, yeah. I'll, I'll give them that. They haven't been challenged a great deal yet. I think their real test is, is coming up. But do you, do you notice that, Frank, when you see a team like Miami getting a win over Milwaukee compared to a team like the Lakers, who have got guys there that like to take it easy during games. I mean, that game Bampton played, Butler didn't play. Each player knew their rule, or role, I should say, not rule. Extremely well coached. They knew what to do, and they're going to be really hard to beat later on in the season when they everyone gets healthy, and hopefully they do, because I'd love to see Miami win a ring with, this, with, the, with the current team. They're going to be extremely hard to beat. Just watching him play, they, um, they're just very structured. I was talking to a mate yesterday actually about how the finals would look if you had a full Miami squad versus a squad like the Warriors in the final. That would be a good series. That would, that would be, be a good, great right? series. Yeah. I would really like to see that. That swarming perimeter defense, they've good, they defend the perimeter really well, Miami, versus a team that basically all they do is shoot three-pointers. I'd favor Miami in that. In that. <laughs> I wouldn't downcast Golden State's defense, though. The games I've seen of them, their defense has been really, really on par as well. Yeah, they can scrap and they turn it on when they need to. They respond to Kerr's coaching when he says, right, let's start knuckling down on defense, no easy baskets. You see that happen immediately out of a timeout or you know, quarter, halftime break. Yeah, but their rebounding, I think, too, is pretty suspect, the Warriors as well. And then when they play small ball, it is. I just yeah. think a guy like Bam is just going to fucking eat him alive. I think so. I think they'd have an advantage in that area if they don't put anyone else there. Yeah, no one to defend someone like Bam. Well, what about Green? I don't think he can take him, man. I don't think that down down there he's uh, – I think they need him on the perimeter. Yeah. Uh, Draymond Green would give it a good shot, though. I mean, he's known for his defense. Yeah. He definitely, He could definitely slow down Bam, I think, but whether he could get the better over him – over a whole series, uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if he's effective this enough. You know, if if he's effective this, though, it might have gone down a bit because in the last two seasons, basically everyone just switches on the screens. Everyone's switching, so immediately you've, you're like, no one's ever on someone for more than ten seconds because so many screens and so many switches that I don't, I don't even know if he, he would ever play Bam. <laughs> like that, just set a couple of screens and then get a mismatch, and then yeah, there's another team that likes to switch a lot. And uh, their name is the Boston Celtics. Now, I just loosely watched the Phoenix Suns beat them by 20-odd. The Suns were without Devin Booker, without DeAndre Ayton. At home, Boston playing away, but I, I won't go too much into, into Boston uh, this episode, but gee, man, it stinks down there in Boston too, man. It's not yeah. It's not just the haunted nets. There's a lot <laughs> more funky shit going down <laughs> In yeah, Austin. Let me. I caught you. the end of that game, and it, it and she was yeah. 
she was well and truly a dead rubber yeah. by then. The complacency that Boston have is irrational. Why are they complacent? They're not winning. At the end of that game when I was watching it, I was like, they've got some assets. They've got some pieces on the board, Boston. And you know who I reckon would excel in a situation like this is the guy who just fucking left, Danny Ainge. He's pulled moves before that have rejuvenated Boston. How many times has he done that? Two or three times where he's made a move and it's gave him a new lease on life. This is he, the moment where he needed to do something like that and he's not there. Yeah, but he wanted Tristan Thompson too. Yeah, yeah. He wanted Kyrie Irving too. Those things didn't work out. He he, he was good, Ainge, but I think the reason he's not there now is because of those mistakes. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think anyone up. could have predicted fucking Kyrie Irving fucking... Maybe not, but Tristan Thompson was a bad one. That didn't work. That was a- yeah. I don't know. I, if you're paying minimum money for him and he's a backup center, I don't know. I don't see that as a fireable offense. But uh, he made all these huge trades and for you know and all that. So I just think that has what's his name? The other guy. What's his name? The former coach, uh, Brad Stevens. Yeah, has he got the experience to do something now? Frank, what what does Brad Stevens do here, man? What does he do? That's a fucking hard question. I mean, it's time to break up the game. I think it's time. A good question was was asked of Tatum the other day, maybe yesterday, after Boston lost to the LA Clippers. The journalist asked Tatum, he said, at what point does the team just accept that this is how they play? And it's this group of guys and this structure, it's it's not really going to change. I mean, we they've said it's going to change. They're going to look to eliminate bad habits and that sort of thing, but we just see it repeated every time they yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you do. It's, uh, I don't know, man, complacency has sunk in. Uh, when I was watching that, that game today, I was like, you know who the Celtics really miss is uh, Tice. The, uh, see, that was another one. I don't think... Brad Stevens wanted Tice gone, but yeah. we, needed to, we needed to move him to free up five million bucks to be able to sign Josh Richardson in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, that that, that didn't seem like a, like a sort of what a guy like he. I he, wish he was still there now. I really he's sort of invaluable. He was good. We love Tice. We love Daniel Tice. Shout out to Daniel Tice. Yeah, I loved him too when he was when he played for the Bulls last season. He was great. Briefly played for Chicago. You you got a little bit of vanilla Tice, didn't you? Yeah. Who's he play for now? Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Houston have got him. Yeah. We could talk about Houston for a bit because we kind of got stuck into them last episode. Pretty much since recording that episode, they've won seven straight. Now, they lost today to Milwaukee. But prior to that, they'd won seven straight. So are we changing our tune a little bit on Houston here? Nope. Yeah. Nope, I am not. No, no, they're still shit. Yeah, they're still shit. Uh, what's his name was out, right? The fucking the what's his name? The uh, the, the the draft pick, the young um, Alan Green. Yeah, Alan he was. Green. He was out. Still out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Green is basically playing NBA Jam out there. Fucking, he touches it and it's going up. He's trying either trying to dunk it or he's shooting it. That squad's almost playing better without him. Oh, for sure. They, for sure they are. But did we talk about how that guy tried to get a triple-double? And yeah, then yeah, yeah. People going after stats. I don't know. It, it's, she's not a good vibe down there. It's, she's not a good scene. Since then, Matt, they won seven straight. Yeah, I they think bet, people – They bet Chicago. Yeah, but she, yeah, didn't Chicago have uh, – you know, they had no one. They uh, I think they got Orlando Woolridge pulled him out of <laughs> – <laughs> Luke Longley stepped in for – yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think people underestimate. Like they were like, Ugh. and then, but then when he went out, and uh, you know, a couple of maybe veterans came in, got a bit of minutes. They're like, Ugh. you know, like I think they got caught in the hop. So uh, I don't really see too much. Uh, I don't, I'm not reading anything into that. I, that I'm was a bit re- of that was a bit of two man 
Tim the Tall Man Taylor there, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a bit. Definitely uh, a bit of home improvement. Uh, look, I'll say this about Houston. I think they've got a good coach there. I think he was able to say to these guys, hey, no more of this bullshit. You know, we, we're here to play games. We're here to win games. It's Yeah, but it's easy to cut the bullshit when the main bullshitter is sitting on the bench, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. The bullshit will start again once yeah. he's back in the lineup, no doubt. They don't care about that. They just don't want to appear like they're just out there fucking around, not caring about a win or a loss. Another... Yeah, who else is on the come up? I mean, Houston, not exactly on the come up, but they have turned it around. What about a team like Cleveland? Do they need to clean it out or are they doing okay with Rubio there? They're doing all right. They're um they're on the right right track at the moment. I mean, you've got to think Sexton's out for the rest of the year as well, and um, Garland has really stepped up. He's been good from what I've seen. He's, he's athletic. He creates his own shot, gets to the basket. Yeah, and uh, you know I did watch the Chicago-Cleveland game. And Mobley's Mobley's going to be a great player. He's his footwork and his post moves, like for a rookie, they're you know they're really really good. You, you got him for rookie of the year, Oracle? Or I'm leaning towards that at the moment. Yeah, I don't I don't think uh, Cade will. Um, I think Cleveland's winning record will definitely help him. I don't think Detroit will win too many games this, this season, so that will impact his Rookie of the Year contention. I think Cleveland are, are a better squad and they'll get more Ws and that might edge Cunningham out if, if Detroit haven't won many games by the end of the year. I reckon you could be right. I reckon it could be Mobley over Cunningham as long as Cleveland stay ultra competitive. And Scotty Barnes, he's putting up good numbers but not great numbers. Yeah, he's basically forced to play in Toronto, right? Like they're missing all sorts of cunts. And an Obi's out for them. There was there was a play Mobley did where Levine drove to the rim and jumped up. And Mobley in midair just basically took the ball from him. And you, you don't see too many players do that to Levine. Yeah, not even like Giannis or... No, and I was like, fuck, because he said, fucking blew me mind. I've gone, fuck, this kid's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, and that's why Cleveland are okay, I think. they got Mobley in there doing his thing. He's really agile, big, mobile guy, you know. He can he can block a, a ton of shots, and he's got good touch around the rim. It's good to see a guy with that sort of size being good around the rim. That's that's what I like about it. And I think with Cleveland, too, at the moment, Kevin Love um, is playing better off the bench at the moment. He's starting to really put in some good minutes and uh, and good points and rebounds really helping the team out. So they're starting to get numbers from the players that they need to. Even Markinen, who had a bit of a slow start, he's, he's slowly starting to pick it up too. No, they're actually not too bad to watch, Cleveland. Have you seen much of the Cavs over there, Matty? Or? I haven't seen a full game yet. I've seen highlights. and Yeah, give, them, uh, give it a look, man. They're not, they're not shit to watch at all. They play a pretty exciting brand of basketball. Yeah, no, it, they... If they keep this pace up, they'll make the playoffs, right? Looks like it. Yeah, I mean, it's a yeah. bit of a logjam in the East for, for playoffs, right? Even even Boston are 10th, 11th, or 12th or something, but they're only a few games out of yeah. like, a top four spot in, in the yeah. East. So. And an interesting so, factoid, Oracle, too, that once I blocked Levine, once, although it was Adam you, Levine. You blocked? Yeah. You blocked? Is that yeah. Levine? No, Adam Levine, the lead singer of Maroon 5. <laughs> Was it? Did you injure him? Because it's still a Levine, though. All the same, it was yeah. still a Levine. Still a Levine. A Levine. Yeah. Not Z Levine. Not the Levine. Yeah, you know, there's a little asterisk next to it. Sure. <laughs> but it's a Levine, so. Yeah. 
still counts. Technicality, still- yep, still counts. Right, <laughs> right Oracle? <laughs> yep, that's – I don't know. I reckon you've got uh, – you got it mixed up with uh, a Moz from high school, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's bold as shit. <laughs> you block uh, his nose. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah. That's what <laughs> you, know, you, you know, hey Matt, you know, you know who else I think is um, kind of bald as shit in the NBA. I don't know, mate. Do we <laughs> tell? Why don't you tell me? <laughs> Trey Young, he's kind of bald oh, as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that like when New York <laughs> fans were, were were chanting, remember they were chanting your "You are balding" during the playoffs last <laughs> yeah. last year. I was like, man, if they're chanting that, bald as shit. Bald yeah, yeah. Shit. But if they're chanting that, you know that you got them. Like Trey was fucking torturing them. If that's the only thing they got, like to chant about, <laughs> he was, he was then, killing them. Yeah. yeah, totally got him. Hundred percent got him. And he's still killing them this year, Trey. He's playing really well. Yeah, he's playing well. He's playing well. The team, look, the Hawks play well for ninety percent of a game, but they tend to lose with big leads. In the fourth quarter, which is concerning. They lost to the Sixers after leading by 20, I think it was, and they lost a game where, uh, what's his name, uh, the fucking, you know, big lumbering oak tree that they've got to, to stands around that. What's his name? The fucking, uh, Embiid. He was not at his best. Yeah. They didn't have anyone. They had multiple people out, and they still Game they should have won. Yeah. Game they should have won, 100%. And then today against the Nets, a, a game that they had well in hand and are up by 10 or 11, late in the third, I think, and they lost. So that's concerning. Yeah. It looked but like I, they were going to do it, but look, yeah. they couldn't figure out. I mean, who can? But they couldn't figure out any way to stop Durant. And- Durant in the fourth. I thought they played him pretty well for the whole game, except in the fourth. Like they've got three or four guys, like long three and D type guys that can defend Durant. And I thought they did a good job of it for about three quarters. Uh, and then you know, in the fourth, I don't know if it's a trend or not. They just sort of you know missed. Few really like you know cinch shots, bunnies. They, they yeah, a few of those. Um, yeah, some bad offensive decisions, some poor defensive decisions. Overall, I really like them. I like the team they've put together. They may depend on their big men, like they're pretty thin when it comes to like the Capella and uh, the Dunkmaster G. What you know, what's his John, name? John, John Collins. John Collins. Yeah, <laughs> Dunkmaster G. <laughs> from now on, but they rely on them a lot. If they don't play well. They don't win. And Collins is a bit of a streaky player. Like some days he'll go yeah. to 25 30, and then other games he won't show up. The thing I like about Atlanta is they've got good chemistry. They seem to genuinely like each other. They like playing for Nate McMillan. Yeah. And a relatively deep bench as well. They can roll out guys who can make shots. And, the, you know, they got Bogdanovich to come back, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think you see him as uh, contending in the, in the playoffs. What do you think, Frank? Yeah, I think Trey Young had a bit of a, a slow start to the season, and for Atlanta to go well, he needs to play hard every night, and he's starting to do that. So they're, they're starting to get some wins. I think, yeah, they're missing some bench players. They're not getting great contributions from the bench at the moment. So Hunter is out, right? Hunter is still out. Yeah, Hunter's still out. So they're missing a few. They're missing their backup center who played well in the playoffs. Once Capella goes out, their rebounds go to shit. You know. You know who they're missing? John Conkac. <laughs> and Kevin Willis, the NBA's answer to the Tyrannosaurus Rex, Kevin Willis. <laughs> and Tree Rollins, of course. They, they need a tree in there. Let's put a tree in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tree, tree Rollins Jr., where is he? I don't know. You'd reckon that there'd be a few junior trees out there rolling around somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> there, there doesn't seem to be any sign of them. But Get, get Shrub Rollins. 
I don't yeah. care. Just get one of them. Well, I guess the underlining point is if they don't start winning those games where they're up like that and they just let them slip away, yep. they're going to find themselves in the seventh or eighth spot, which is not uh, – battling it out against yeah. teams like Boston who are middling as well, you know. Yeah, like, you don't want to be there. You want to make sure that you're up up in the top four. When you let games like that slip, you pay for it later on. I Honestly, I reckon they get it together a bit, Atlanta. And- I think so too. I like them. I li- like Overall, I like them a lot. And they have much more of an upside than – Maybe a team like New York who is slipping sort of at a pretty drastic rate right now. It's not going well in the NYC at the moment either. But, uh, you know, fuck New York. They get way too much attention. So, um, you know, fuck them. <laughs> well, um, yeah. But that being said, I think it's important that, New- uh, man, I just think the league is so much better when New York has got a good team. I agree with you. I, I hope they actually turn it around. And you know Chicago are going to turn it around. We hear a lot about COVID going through the league as well now. Like Rick Carlisle's out. DeRozan's still out too, I think. Yeah. Rick Carlisle. Yeah, Rick Rick Carlisle's been put on the health and safety protocol for Ooh, COVID. Jesus. He's tested positive. Yeah. Yeah, Chicago's fucked. Yeah, well, that's the reality of the of, of it right now, man, I guess. But, uh, you know, yeah. fuck, yeah, Chicago got uh, some hell of a lot of bad luck there. They got, and, uh, well, they got Caruso out. With a hammy, and they reckon he could be back tomorrow against Miami, but uh, that'll probably be a, a game time decision. But yeah, at the moment, with COVID, DeRozan's out, Kobe White's out, Derek Jones Jr. is now out, and Green is out. Do you want and Green as well? Yeah, they've had to like they've probably yeah. got some some of their G League guys out there at the moment. Orlando Woolridge is in. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him! I want Concac. Michael Jordan is in. Sorry, we only got Michael okay. Jordan Jr. The shit Jordan and Joe Wolf. Bring back Joe Wolf. Marcus, Marcus Jr. But yeah, we we signed uh, Alfonso McKinney. Alfonso and, McKinney, uh, yeah, he wasn't he's, a bad player. I remember him being not bad actually. When, when um, what was it last season? Or the season before uh, with the Lakers. Yeah, he was okay. And uh, we signed uh, Stanley Johnson as well. Oh, the Stan Man. Okay. So, yeah, just to boost our, yeah. You just need forward. guys. You just need bodies out there, don't you? At the moment, we do. All the way up with COVID. Anyway. Um, so I'll be I'll be looking forward to seeing Miami beat Chicago by 40 tomorrow. That's coming up tomorrow, yeah? <laughs> well, you know what you're going to get from Miami. So, no, I think that'll actually be a good game. Like, Chicago have proven that they're a scrappy team as well, and they, they get at it on defense. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the uh, Hungry Jacks NBL. <laughs> Guys, Eliuk Copeland. Fuck Hungry Jacks. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really want to. That's not an ad for Hungry Jacks because I think they're food shit. They're the major sponsor of the NBL, and that's just begun here in Australia. And we know that it's being beamed directly via YouTube to the US for free now. So that should increase the yeah China uh, as well as the Philippines. Man, the next stars in this they've got from all over the place. You've got German players, Russian players, you know, Filipino players. Chinese players. French. You know, there's a whole bunch of really good young players uh, in the NBL this season. It's a good time to get in because I don't think it's ever been as good a product on the basketball court as it is now. The NBL has really stepped it up. In I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I've been saying that for like the last maybe three seasons that this is the best that the NBL has been, especially last season. This is the best standard that's ever been with it. We're not relying on imports. Imports aren't just coming in and dominating and that's it. It's so close. Like all, all every team could win at any state. Like it's just so close this season. On any given night, yeah, you 
give you'd probably give any team a chance in the NBL. But there's a few front runners. Like you've got Illawarra Hawks, coached by the legend Brian Gorgian, yep. greatest coach ever to coach in the NBL, I think. You've got your Melbourne United team, which uh, Delhi Matthew Delavadova is suiting up for now. And to show you what sort of level the NBL is at, no one's really talking about Delhi's. No. Yeah. <laughs> Coming yeah. to the NBL, like the media isn't even talking about Melbourne United as being a far and away favourite or anything for the title. There's there's probably at least three or four teams that could contend quite easily. You got Perth, of course, who have got one of the most uh, you know storage histories in Australian basketball. They've made the playoffs for 35 straight years or something. Yeah, which really annoys me. And we hate that because we <laughs> live in Melbourne and we like following the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix now, who are an, kind of an expansion team, I guess you would call them, in the NBL. Mitch Creek made the Brooklyn Nets roster for, I think, 10 or so days last year. Yeah, I think he played games with Minnesota and then he was played preseason with Brooklyn and stuff and played really well. Came back, though, and um, is now the sort of centrepiece for the Phoenix. They go to him when they need a bucket. and Yeah. And he, he, before, I remember, like, even as recently as two seasons ago, you could just leave him out the side, leave, leave him at the three-point line, and it was just gonna, he was just going to brick something. And now he's knocking that down. Now that's, yeah, now, oh, yeah. Last night, he shot, I think he shot six for seven from three-point mm-hmm. range. So, look, I've got a few predictions, actually, Oracle and Rod, about, about the about the NBL. You're taking over the Oracle's job for uh, the NBL, are you? Well, I'll see what if, if Frank's got any predictions after this, but uh, I, I did think about it. And, look, I can't pick who's going to win. I'm a, I'm a, I am a Phoenix supporter, but... They're not the favourite, are they? Well, geez, I'll tell you what, it's so close. The top four are so close. I'm just going to predict top four. I think it's going to be Southeast Melbourne, Phoenix, I think Sydney, Illawarra, and Perth. Are they going to be the top four? I think Sydney. Sydney is going is much improved. They got uh, RC Buford's son as their coach, mm-hmm. and I think you'll see a vast improvement, and especially a, like a really, really huge increase in the way in the speed in which they play with uh, a healthy Xavier Cooks yeah. as well. I think that they're going to be really like running. They're going to be running and gunning, and they're going to be really fun to watch. Uh, Perth, who I hate, uh, <laughs> made probably the biggest signing of the offseason. Got Vic Law uh, yeah. from the Brisbane yeah, he- Bullets. He adds a shitload to this. Yeah. He's a much oh, yeah. improved offsider to Bryce Cotton, who was he MVP last year? I'm pretty sure he was. I think, he? I think he was, yeah. yeah I, look, on any yeah. given night, one of those two players is going to dominate, and the, basically the rest of the roster is a whole bunch of role players who just play defense. And know their role. So, and yeah. They're drilled well, so they all you know, stick yeah. to their job. And yeah. They're, they're just a good team overall. What about Tazzy? What about the Jack Jumpers? I think they'll win games. I think they'll they'll win a win a few games. They managed to put together a pretty good roster, even though they started sort of recruiting fairly late. So I think they've managed to put together a, a fairly good and well rounded roster. There, they've got uh, a couple of good imports. What's their McDaniel, who played for the United last season, who's a he's a great defender, great one on one defender, and he can also get his get a mid range shot. Like a, he's got a deadly mid-range shot. I think that was a good get. Look, but it's a big year. It's a big year for Will Magne, who is probably their like mm-hmm. centerpiece signing for the for the Jack Jumpers. Magne, who got signed by New Orleans, did he? He played for the in the G League for New Orleans for a season. He did. I think. Yeah, and I think he got injured when he was over there. He came back with an injury. Played for the Wildcats last season, but never looked fully healthy. No, he wasn't. Yeah, I don't think he was at at a hundred percent, and that was purely because Bryce uh, was that. Was that before Bryce got injured last year? For Perth? yeah, it was just before that, I think, where Bryce. So they were loading up for the playoffs, and then yeah, Bryce yeah. got injured, and that's pretty much what gifted Melbourne United a 
a championship last year. It's a big year for him, though, man, because Magna, this is, yeah, this, he's got yeah. a good opportunity there, and and they play an exciting brand of basketball. That they've shown that they're going to throw it up to him, and they're going to give him looks in the post and and let him do his thing. So I hope they do, man. We'll find out whether he is going to be like a, on the boomers or not. Basically, this season is he yeah, going to be that type of player that can really. You know, a big guy that can really uh, maybe, you know, after this season, go play overseas, go play in the NBA. Well, a guy who can dominate at the rim, right? He can protect the rim and he can get above the rim. On yeah. It's quite easy. Yeah, yeah. He can block shots. He can rebound. He's pretty mobile down there. So it's be interesting to see how he goes. It's also going to be a big crossroads season for Isaac Humphreys, who plays for the Adelaide 36ers. He got injured last season too, about halfway through the season. But before that, he was in MVP contention. Again, he's in the same boat as Magne. We get to find out right now. This is like- How good is he? How, how good, good is, is he? Play? Yeah, yeah. Is he, is he going to be on the boom? Can he play a significant role for us? And I think to do that, he has to, like after this season, if he plays well, go overseas, go play in France, Italy, get really, you know, because that sort of experience, I think, really toughens up a player. I think it's still a level up from, and, and just a different game style too, to what the NBL is. NBL has a pretty distinctive. The, the gap in quality, I think, has closed a lot though, between the yep. Euro League and the NBL massively. Mm-hmm. There's not much, too much of a difference now, but bigger players. The problem with the NBL and why I think a lot of people thought it was a bit garbage to watch is because the lack of dominant big guys. Like you got plenty of these mid-sized guys in the NBL, plenty of guys that are 6'9", 6'10", yeah. good size. But they don't rise up above someone and smash it on their head or anything or block people out of the stadium, you know. Yeah. That's the last of, two seasons, that's kind of changed a bit though, hasn't it? Like there has it's been. changing now. Yeah. Now you've got these big dominant guys, guy like Magne that you talked about and Humphreys. They, those guys are, are big, sizable. Well, there's a seven foot five guy playing for the Bullets this season. I can't remember his name. He's from China, but he's seven, he's seven foot five and the Phoenix signed uh, Joe Kai. Joe Kai, I think I'm pronouncing Joe that Chi. right. Joe Chi. Joe Chi. Yeah, and he's about seven foot one Chinese player good. as well, and he is very good. Very yeah, good defensive, good hands, good feet. Yeah, it, what he does well is the fundamental stuff. He'll yeah. use his height. He'll just stand there with his hands up, and guys will shoot into his hands because of how big he is. Not many seven footers, man, can set a screen on their perimeter, then roll pretty quickly, catch a ball, and dunk it. That sounds. Yeah, that's like what he did easy, yesterday, right? But he that's did, he yeah, did. he did that. He's done that multiple times already. Yeah, I saw him do it yesterday in the final stages of that game versus the New Zealand Breakers. You know, it wasn't a foregone conclusion either. They were only a four or five points up. And the play was pick and roll to Joe Chi, who set the pick, rolled to the basket. He had a guy in front of him, and he basically reaches over the top of him. The ball yeah. passed above his head, reaches over the top of this guy and dunks it in over his yeah. head. Uh, Yanni Wetzel, who is no slouch, you know. And that guy's a good defender. Yeah, he's yeah, no yeah. slouch defensively. So, yeah, yeah, it was good to see. Encouraging sides for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. and spe- speaking of the Phoenix, though, mate, I think big season, like a bit the same, big season for a couple of players, but this is a massive season for Ryan Brokoff. Oh, yeah. He needs to fire. He needs to get shots. Yeah. Going We're going to find out a lot about him, whether he's like he's, he's a player or is he just a guy who will get the ball sometimes and hit a three-pointer. Is he sort like, of Superman or is he just Clark Kent? Yeah. What level is he at like right now? Can he get back to the NBA? Can he, you know, like we haven't really seen him be a lights out. We haven't seen him heat up yet, which I thought everyone, we thought, everyone thought we we're going to see him heat up regularly. Yep. We haven't yeah, really he, seen it. I've only seen it happen temporarily. I mean, the shot's still there. He, he's just got to be given. I mean, he should be getting up at least 12, 13 shots a game. He's, he's not though. I don't think at the moment he's not. He's, no, he's he, they need to look for him not. a bit more. Yeah, they need to they need to get him involved that much. Otherwise, uh, yeah, 
he'll be misused. He'll be underused. He won't yeah. be as he could be. If you're going to watch anyone uh, in the NBL this season, Frank, who who are you watching? I'm going to be watching Sydney Kings. I used to be a Sydney Kings supporter <laughs> back, in the, <laughs> back in the 90s. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the, D, the, D, the D train was good though. I, I was a big fan of the D train. That, but, that's what um, made me follow City. I loved watching him play. But, what about Tim Morrissey? Play. What about Tim Morrissey? Look, mate, it was Dean Utah for me. Dean Utah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're going to be a, good, a great team to watch this season, man. I mean, um, like so many injuries last season, a lot of bad luck. They really hampered. Yeah, but now they're at 100%. They look really good. Uh, and just to step into your domain for a sec there, Frank, I'm going to make a prediction for the MVP. Okay. Uh, and my prediction for the NBA MVP is not going great at the moment, but uh, my <laughs> I've still got Jokic. I still reckon he can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think Mitchell is doing is going to be in MVP conversations, which is was my prediction. NBL MVP, uh, Mitch Creek. Ooh, he's the number one guy in, at the Phoenix, so – he can definitely does do it all. Yep, yep. Yeah. What about a uh, player like uh, Nathan Sobey? Do you reckon he can do it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Sobey's got a really competitive, like inbuilt competitive fuck you type instinct, which I really like about him. <laughs> I, like the, I, like, I like the dog in that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't been offered something overseas yet because guy can shoot, guy can drive. I think he gets, a, he gets an opportunity at some point, definitely, yeah. Yeah, and he did great for the Boomers. Like, I thought he did play that much, but when he played uh, during that uh, historic Boomers bronze medal winning run there, I thought he did fantastically. He really did, yeah. He came off the bench, played his role, made shots, played with energy. That's what you're supposed to do Yeah, in that role. I reckon that'll do it, guys. What do you reckon? Just a, a quick update on Drockline. No, though. no, no. There's no Fuck time. you. I'm fucking saying it. <laughs> Shut up. How's Jock? How, how is no, Jock doing? Ahead. He's been assigned down. He's been assigned to the G League. He's playing for Austin, so the Spurs G League team. He had 26 points and eight rebounds. So, what are he, they called? What are they called? The Austin. What's their name? The, the Austin Cowboy Hats. The Austin Hayseeds. What are they? What's their name? Well, that team. The Hayseeds. The, the Austin Haystacks. <laughs> 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 That's good. I like that. What what are, what are they called, Frank? What a, what a mascot that would be at the game. Fucking haystack <laughs> walking around. Everyone would be sneezing. Yeah, jumping into it. If you if you get hay fever, don't come to the game. Everyone would be given a fork on entry. Yeah, chuck this at the haystack. Or if you're scared of bats, remember how fucking San Antonio always has bats running flying around their fucking stadium. Martin Ginobili caught yeah. one. Yeah, he batted one out of the sky, <laughs> like fucking ninja or something. <laughs> that was a ninja move, straight up. But they're still the Austin Spurs. They're still called the Spurs. Okay. Oh, okay. That's uh, that's imaginative. unimaginative. I don't. I don't like that. I don't like that when the when the team is called the same thing. Come on. No. Call them the Haystacks, San Antonio. Call them the fucking, Come on. Call them the Austin Yeehaws or some fucking yeah, the Yeehaw. cowboy bullshit. The Dynamite Sticks. Yeah. <laughs> the Jelly Knights. Cowboy hat. Fucking yeah. The the Austin Sister Fuckers. <laughs> fucking inbred. Fucking hillbilly. Fucking moonshine drinking dumb. <laughs> Pig molesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Shout out to uh, shout, shout out, out to all to- the system molesters out there. <laughs> I was going to say shout out to Houston, Texas, and uh, the South in America. and all the sister fuckers there. Yeah, Fra- the Frank, have you got any stats on how Jock's doing in the G League? There, have you got? How do you, how's he going there? I'm, I'm really surprised that he doesn't get into the rotation for that team. Like he, he should. It feels like he should, doesn't it? 
it, yeah, maybe there's other things, injuries, like he had, like Frank said, he had, he had COVID too, didn't he, or something? Yeah. So, you know, maybe he's just sort of getting his, uh, you know, knocked the shit out of you. So maybe he's just getting, you know, back on his feet sort of thing. But yeah. It, yeah. It, it gets some good minutes there. That, you know, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at, you know, him playing G League. I've still got a lot of faith he he gets gets a chance at that roster, like a chance to be part of it permanently. Yeah. Anything else, Frank? The, the the website for the for the Austin Spurs is actually really shit, and I can't find anything. Right? How many sisters has he rooted per game? <laughs> uh, I think it, it's down to eight. <laughs> oh no! Taking a dip. Fuck! He's got to get those numbers up. They're rookie numbers. <laughs> He's going to have to ramp that up. Will Chamberlain just be shaking his head, going, "This motherfucker's shit." <laughs> well, I didn't know you could do impressions of Scotty Pippen and Will Chamberlain, Frank. <laughs> wow. They, they call David me the Strassman. I was going to say they call me the Strassman of the NBA players. <laughs> oh shit! All right, are we done? Yeah, <laughs> we're done. Yeah. Yep. All right, that's it then. That's Wait it. a minute, we're not we're not done until the Oracle says we're done. Are we done, Oracle? Yeah, we're yeah, done. We're, right. Oh, we are done. Okay, good. I'm glad I got your confirmation there, Oracle. Thanks for that, and uh, that'll be all from us this week on the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. Shout out to anyone listening to this. Shout out to you for listening. Shout out to our mates for listening. Thank Mark. you. Mark Reasons, I'm talking to you. Nick sucks shit. <laughs> you said that personal message. You can ring them and say this. <laughs> <laughs> no, shout out to everyone who has supported us so far and share it around. Get the word out. Get people listening to us. Uh, not sure why, but, um, you know, just do it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. Adios, amigos. See you later. How the fuck would we know? I don't know. I'm <laughs> just thinking aloud. Not really asking you. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the key to internal dialogue, Rod. Keep it internal. <laughs>